Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. For confidence in your financial plan, look for a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide ethical financial planning across a holistic range of topics, from retirement and investing to taxes and estate planning, all in your best interest. So with a CFP professional, you'll feel confident in your financial plan today and tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. The Imagine More Success Radio Show is the all-about-you show with successful entrepreneurs and business experts sharing their stories and powerful takeaways while providing you with tips, tools, tactics, and a free weekly gift to help you thrive. Your hosts for the Imagine More Success Radio Show are the best-selling authors Cindy Hendricks, a certified business consultant, and Thomas Hydes, a certified world-class public speaking coach. Check out the Imagine More Success radio show at imaginemoresuccess.net because now is the time to realize your dreams and imagine more success. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Imagine More Success radio show. We're so glad that you could be with us. Today we're going to be tackling a wonderful topic for anyone who's an entrepreneur or a business owner or if you have a personal brand that you want to expand your reach. Today, we're going to be deep diving into the concept of writing your own book. The name of today's show is actually, I wrote the book on this. So how you can become the expert who can claim that you have written the book on this. This is going to be a huge topic. Cindy, you have written, I've lost track of the number of books. Me too, but I think I'm at 13. Lucky 13. 13 plus, (laughs) yes. 13 plus with more on the way. So, So you've got tremendous background in writing as well as actually publishing and i know at first you did some self-publishing but then you worked with publishers and you've uh, done all sorts of marketing and all sorts of uh, everything that's associated with writing books yes and that's how i found our guest today i was speaking on uh, a conference that she was managing and uh, working her magic with what she does So I'm so excited that Kim is joining us today because, you know, for some people, just getting started to write a book is challenging. And that happened to me, too. It took me a year to really get started on that first one. And then once I had my why that it was important that I finish it, I finished that book in a week. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. And like so many things that we do on this program, we're really wanting you to kind of press the easy button. And I know for a lot of people... 
You know, if you're th- sitting there thinking about the, the idea of writing a book, it might seem overwhelming. It might seem like something like, oh, I just would rather not do that. But uh, that's why you want to listen to the whole show today, because not only are you going to figure out why you want to do it and why it's so important, but you're also going to learn some really cool steps to press the easy button onto getting it done so that you can have all the benefits of writing a book without all the headaches of actually getting the book written. so Well, Thomas, I love that, the easy button. i got to find it for every part of what I do now, (laughs) (laughs) now that I know one of the secrets. And you know what? Kim makes it easy because she's just such a sharp cookie that she just has her handle on all of it. Absolutely. So today we're going to be introducing our guest. Her name is Kim Ely. She specializes in personal development books and thoughtful children's books. And that's really the mission of her company, KWE Publishing. She likes to pronounce it Kiwi Publishing. The common thread of both children's books and personal development books is to help people see what's possible and to shift to a more enjoyable, fulfilled life. And as a writing coach and publishing consultant, Kim gives her clients six steps. Listen to that. Just six steps. I thought there was like 600. Just six steps to make your book a reality. She's happily married to her BFF, as she likes to call him, and has been for 20 years. She's a speaker and author, and we're so glad to have you here today. Kim, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Cindy and Thomas. Appreciate being here. You're very welcome. Now, does that BFF stand for beefcake? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with best friend forever. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Well, he'd probably like the other, but either way, you're a lucky gal. Thank you. Yeah. So, so for someone ahead, who's Thomas. listening today, Kim, why why should someone write a book? Oh gosh, that is an awesome question. First of all, if you are a entrepreneur, a speaker, a coach, a consultant, writing a book is so important because I like to call it your business card on steroids. It's the best way to market yourself as a credible, believable expert. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, I think, a really external um, external way of describing or, or a reason why someone should write a book. For the internal part of why someone should write a book, because it's such a monumental task, what are some of the things that people feel once they actually have taken on the challenge of writing a book? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. And I think for so many people, it starts I'm going to call it as an itch. People have a message, something that they want to share. And I loved how you described, um, Cindy, with your first book, it took you a year to get started because sometimes people just don't know how to how to dive in Um, with the internal reason and, and, and for it is often, especially with with personal development books, you're taking your readers on a journey, you have been through an experience or seen or experienced something. And it's like you have a roadmap to help that person to get out of whatever fix they're in. Um, You have, have, have had a problem that you solved and your reader has that problem. And you just have this itch, this burning desire to share it with them so that they can also learn from what you've done. That's beautiful. That's truly beautiful. And that's, you know, on 
on our radio show, we talk about letting letting our long roads be your shortcut. Mm-hmm. Let the we, so many of us have taken these these really long paths to learn things, and then we get the opportunity from vast amounts of experience. All the people we've had on the show, all the experience of the experiences that they have had, they distill them down and they make the road to success so much easier, so much shorter, while avoiding so many pitfalls. And that's what I want to talk about today. Let's talk about what are some of the what are some of the pitfalls that people assume they're going to have in writing their book that don't really show up when they work with you? Mm. Um, pitfall, pitfalls that people think they will have. Um, some of it is time related, and gosh knows. Um, you know, many of us do have incredibly busy schedules, but I think a lot of people think, holy cow, I don't have time to write a book. Um, I, I think that can be overcome. And gosh, Cindy, you are a shining example of that. Um, having authored 13 plus books, that it's just a matter of time management. Um one of the the things that I bring to the table is experience as having been a project manager and I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, I have to carve out, you know, two hours a day to write. No, you, you don't. You, you just have to figure out a, a, a reasonable amount of time and, um, and and just commit to it. That's that's one pitfall I, I, I frequently help people with. Do you think that a lot of people have this idea that not, ju- not just about taking a very specific block of time, but that the idea of kind of that they have to start at the beginning of the book and go to the very end of the book. Definitely. Is an issue as well. Definitely. And I think there's nothing more daunting than the very first sentence of the very first, you know, paragraph of your book. Um, So you're absolutely spot on Thomas. A lot of times I'll tell people, you know, come back. You can you can come back to your introduction or your or your first chapter. Start where you feel compelled to start. Um, another pitfall that I see is I, I always like for writers to know themselves. And I don't know if y'all have heard of the concept of pantsers and plotters. No, what is that? Okay. Um, pantsers are people who fly by the seat of their pants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, I have are... I have other names for those people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. They're just free form. Let me just jump right into writing, and then plotters are like, you know what? Let me figure out my message, let me get my outline together and get it straight before I start. And um, and often I find pantsers uh, may jump in too soon and go, holy cow, where am I in this? Or um, plotters can get too bogged down into the details. So a lot of times I'll kind of help people uh, on either side of the spectrum. <laughs> Do you find that um, for the person who is more of a pants or a plotter that it really helps to take on some of the attributes or as an exercise, do things the way the other personality type would, at least for a part of the time or, or part of the process of writing the book? Most definitely. It, it's it's a mindset shift. Um, I, I think sometimes with plotters, um, we can get so 
in the weeds with, I need this to be perfect before I start, that suddenly it becomes an excuse to, oh, I'm still working on my outline. Um, so having a little, you know, nudge uh, to become, like you're saying, more like a pantser is definitely important. <laughs> and then uh, sometimes when pantsers get a little bit out of control, it's like, okay, let's back up a little bit and, and see see what we need to uh, to accomplish. You know what? What I try what I try to do to solve those issues in my coaching practice is to tell people that the project is like a, a river. It's very fluid, and mm -hmm. you know you've got to just go with the current, and you know be able to pivot when you need to, and don't be so serious about I've got to go this direction right now. And I think that's where people get bogged down with everything, not just you know with writing. Oh, gosh, you're so right. And Cindy, I love that analogy. Um, you want to be like a river and go with the current. You don't want to dam it up. <laughs> exactly. Or you're going to sure. be damned. Right. <laughs> so in addition to being a a, a uh, business card on steroids, let's talk about the credibility that, uh, that writing a book gives someone. I've heard the phrase that uh, experts, uh, let's see if let me make sure I get this right. Experts don't make books. Books make experts. Is that right? So yes. when you when you become so in in your process, when someone writes a book, they become an expert. Tell tell us more it, about that. Oh, exactly, exactly, and that's why I'm glad you uh, you named this episode. I wrote the book on this. Um, when you do write a book you've put the thought into it and the research and you're putting your message into it. And it's a, a, a tangible way to show that you are a credible expert on your topic. Um, it, it also frequently when people in the media who want to talk to you, like on radio shows or television, um, they want to talk to someone who's an expert. And so it, it's, it's proof uh, right there in the pages that that you um, are the expert on it. And plus it gives people lots of material to talk about. Yes, for sure. And, you know, it makes for great talking points. It's a great way also to get your uh, your most important points to your potential clients or to your potential audience. Yes. Um, so that they have a chance to not just kind of surfacially know who you are, but really deep dive into what your thoughts are about the topic and who you are and how how you're going to serve them. And also that big that big word that we all talk about as coaches, the big why. You can really get that across in a book. Yes, I love that. And um, um, Thomas, since you, I know you do speaking, uh, and then you do too, Cindy, I heard you speak. Um, it's also another way, if you are a speaker, if somebody hears you speak and was like, dang, I love that message. I want to learn more. It, it's the perfect opportunity for them to really get to know you. And, you know, you may only have a half hour, hour time block to speak, but then the book, you, you have a greater format to really let your readers get to know you. And when we talk about this type of book we're right now we're really letting you know hey if you're sitting there and you're thinking should i write a book the answer is not probably yes it is absolutely yes mm -hmm. so if it's, even, <laughs> if it's even if there's any little bit of doubt the answer is most certainly yes so 
We've had some really good uh, conversation with Kim Ely from Kiwi Publishing. It's kwepub.com. When we come back, we're actually going to start talking about the processes that you can use to write a book. We're going to get to that point where you can start to learn some of the the overall process. And then we're going to start deep diving into some of these amazing shortcuts she's going to be sharing with you. So please stick around to the Imagine More Success radio show. For confidence in your financial plan, look for a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide ethical financial planning across a holistic range of topics, from retirement and investing to taxes and estate planning, all in your best interest. So with a CFP professional, you'll feel confident in your financial plan today and tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One NA member FDIC. Thank you for joining us today. What a pleasure. We've been talking about how you can write a book so that you can be known as the expert on a very specific topic, which you probably are already expert in and don't even know it. So <laughs> we've been having a conversation today with Kim Ely. She's from KWE Publishing, uh, Kiwi Publishing. you find her at kwepub.com. In the first segment, we were really going over the reasons why with an emphatic yes on you should write a book. Whether you have a personal brand, whether you have a business, whether you're a coach, a speaker, or if you're someone who is deciding that you want to have a level of credibility. Um, One thing I want to jump to really quickly, Kim, I actually recommended to someone recently that they write a book about a very specific topic so that they could uh, get a job that they wanted. Mm. Was that crazy or was that... Is that decent advice? No, I think that's decent advice. Um, it, because writing a book does establish your credibility and you demonstrate that you're an expert in your topic. Um, it, I think that's a fantastic way to get your foot in the door. Cool. Um, well, it depends on the topic of the book. For oh, sure. Well. <laughs> for sure. So, Kim, for, for someone, again, who's... Um, who's sitting at home right now, maybe they feel a little overwhelmed, but maybe they're starting to warm up a little bit to the idea of writing their first book. Let's talk about a couple things. First, let's talk about kind of the big process. So there's the writing and publishing. What are the main major pieces of taking a book from the beginning to the end? Absolutely. Um, in the beginning, in the beginning, um, <laughs> you, uh, uh, I, I like to recommend that people do two things. One is um, have an outline 
and also something I call your strategic plan. And your strategic plan has to do with identifying your intention for your book, your main message, and also who your ideal reader is. And I feel that combined with your outline gives you a really good idea of your destination, so to speak, for your book, where you want to end up. Um, I consider the strategic plan and, and outline sort of your GPS to get there. Um, from Let me jump in really quickly. So when you say intention, what do you mean by that? What's the intention of the book? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, we have, let's say, for example, a number of books on, um, I'm going to use beekeeping. <laughs> okay. If your topic is beekeeping, you can have a number of different intentions for your beekeeping book. You can make your book specifically for novice beekeepers who know nothing about it. You could make your book about um, uh, beekeepers who live in an urban setting and they want to know uh, how to keep bees in a urban setting versus out in the country. Okay. Um, so kind of having that focus, um, uh, getting specific about your topic, and I think that may um, go along with what you were saying, Cindy, about um, writing a book uh, to, to go with your job topic. I think you would want to make sure it was something appropriate <laughs> intention-wise that lines up with your job. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, that's a really great point. I think a lot of people who start books very often feel like um, – I have to put everything that I know into this one book, otherwise mm -hmm. it won't be perfect. And really, they forget that they're so far down the road when it comes to knowledge that they don't have to put everything in there that they know because they have so much more information than the people that they're serving. Do you find well, that? And a point toward that is uh, a lot of the different authors of our time, of our generation, have written a bazillion books on similar topics like all of the, uh, um, you know, the idiot books. Oh, the idiot yeah, books. the idiot's guides too. Sure. Yes, yes. And then uh, um, who's the other guy that's written like over 100 books and he does the conferences? I, I own several of his books, by the way. <laughs> It's John John Maxwell. Is that Thank you, Dr. John Maxwell. He's written over a hundred books, and many of them are on leadership and some, you know, related topics. So if you didn't think there could be a hundred books from the same guy on leadership, then <laughs> there's a perfect example. Definitely. So, Kim, once someone's kind of gotten their their book profile narrowed, what they're looking for, and they they've gotten their uh, outline set aside, and then, and then you, they're also going to be doing kind of project management, right? Which is where you come in to help them figure out when and where they're going to do this. Absolutely. Um, I, I like to describe that I, I wear three main hats. Um, one is definitely the project manager. Um, if you intend to publish, let's say by the end of 2021, uh, you want to identify your date and then work backwards from there to say, okay, when, we, when do we need to have a rough draft done, uh, et cetera. Um, the other hat is um, writing coach. Um, I often will work with people who haven't written anything and we'll work together chapter by chapter. And then um, my third hat is the publisher hat. And I started um, that when I self-published my own book and 
told people about publishing and they said, that's great. How do you do that? And I described the steps and their eyes kind of glazed over and <laughs> said, you know what? That's great, Kim. What if we paid you to do that for us? And voila, a business was born. So <laughs> perfect. So what are some, what are the other steps once someone's say gotten a good rough draft uh, down after you've helped them kind of do that, then what's the next step in the process? Uh, I think the most important step in the process after that is the next one, which is editing. Um, you may have heard, and I frequently say a good editor is worth their weight in gold um, because you get with a great editor, um, a, a, a blunt, um, idea of, of how effective your writing has been. Um, you know, a good, a good editor will, will point out, um, you know, content wise, like, you know what, you, you've given us a whole lot of information about this topic and you sort of, uh, left this topic sort of anemic. Let's, let's build that up some. Um, there's also, uh, other types of editing besides the content editing and also proofreading huge one of course um from there uh there's also the steps for going forward for publishing which would include um formatting um design and layout which can include your book cover and then um setting it up uh setting up your account for publishing and then actually um launching and then after launching then there's marketing and uh Absolutely. You can support your book with doing speeches and um, book signings and, and all sorts of PR things as well. So I want to jump in very quickly. And if you're listening today, and I know that we talked about why you should write a book in that previous segment, the answer is most certainly yes. Like you most certainly should do it. There's lots of reasons. It's a it's a business card on steroids and it turns you into an expert because you've written a book about something. Right now, if you feel like you're a little overwhelmed because this process seems gigantic, I'm going to ask for a little shift from your thinking. Instead of wondering, how am I going to do all this? Maybe you can think uh, like Veronica Romney taught me just last week. Ask the question, who's going to help me do all of this? Because when it comes to <laughs> these giant tasks like this, even I'm sitting here thinking, good Lord, this sounds like so much. But I also know that when you get someone involved who has already done it, who has the passion, the knowledge, the expertise, the uh, the willingness to go there and take care of these things for you, it it really, it can happen so much faster than you think. Mm. And for those people, Thomas, there's always ghostwriting, which I know that Kim does. Yes. Let's talk about that. So first off, tell us what exactly is ghostwriting? Absolutely. Ghostwriting is when a writer comes in and writes as though they are the other person. And I think most famously, many celebrities and, and um, uh, political uh, figures will have a ghostwriter. Um, it can not only save that person time um, by having a, a, someone else do the, the, the heavy lifting, so to speak, with the writing. Um, it also helps if somebody's, um, you know, if writing isn't their favorite thing or if they um, just simply would really like to have that support. Um, I love ghostwriting. It's, it's really, it's part art and part science to emulate someone's voice and make sure you capture their authentic voice in their writing. 
And I have, an, I, I will okay. say this as well. Ghost writing is one of those topics that for a lot of people, they might feel like it's quote unquote cheating, but it really isn't cheating. It is literally turning over something that is extraordinarily important to you that can seem completely overwhelming. It's literally just turning it over to an expert. It's no different than uh, if you need to have your oil changed and you're not comfortable doing your own oil, you'll go to a place and have your oil changed. It's really no different than that. It, it can be just as authentic, especially when you have a chance to go back and read it, edit it, and then give your ideas. And also in the process of ghostwriting, doesn't the ghostwriter spend time with the person who is going to be the, the person receiving the book or for whom they're writing the book oh, so they understand their voice completely? Absolutely. That's a crucial part of it. Um, and then that's why, as you described so well, it's, it's, it's not cheating. Really, you are taking um, the words, the information. Frequently, when I work with uh, my ghostwriting clients, I'll ask them um, not only to spend time with me doing interviews, but also share with me um, things that they've written. Sometimes they'll share webinars um, or um, presentations that they've given. Um, I also kind of do my homework by reading whatever I can from what they've written. And um, so much of it, too, is uh, I, we, we hear this so much branding, making sure that it's in someone's authentic voice and also that the message intention and ideal reader is uh, in, in sync with, with that person's brand for whom you're ghostwriting. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about identifying uh, the reader for someone who is uh, the person in business. Do, do you have a process for how they can kind of flesh out that, who that ideal reader is? Mm, absolutely. What we'll do is start talking about uh, the typical client that the person will have. How would you describe him or her? Um, if you are a, a, a professional speaker, um, you know, what sorts of groups um, do, do you frequently speak with? We'll, we'll start with that. Um, if somebody's just getting started, um, we'll take a different tack and say, okay, who do you want to work with um, and, and have some characteristics of that person? One thing I, I like to share, because so frequently when people start, they're like, Kim, I want everyone to buy my book. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah, of course. But the more specific you can get with identifying who your ideal reader is, the more you resonate with that specific, you know, group of, I'll, I'll call them your raving fans, who are like, oh, snap, you know, Cindy, I am loving what she is speaking about, and I want more of that in, in her book. Sweet. And this is the idea, too, that when you're writing for that single person uh, in that voice that is specifically to a single person, it doesn't really mean that you're excluding other people. Other people still hear the message, and they understand the message but the person whom you're most in alignment with or the person that is most likely to work with you or has worked with you in the past will most certainly understand the exactly what you're saying and get the importance of it. And that's when you make a really powerful connection to your readers who will eventually become your clients. Yes. Well, well said. <laughs> 
Well, we have had a really wonderful conversation here with Kim Ely. We're going to continue the conversation when we come back. We've already touched on some really cool topics. We've talked about why you should write a book if you own a business, have a personal brand, or even if you're someone who's in corporate America and are looking for your next job. It's a really great idea. We talked through some of the wonderful processes, uh, including how to actually write the book, how then you go about publishing the book, and then from there launching and marketing your book. We're going to continue that conversation as well. If you'd like to go back and listen to some past episodes of the Imagine More Success radio show, go to imaginemoresuccess.net, where every single week there's a great weekly gift. Please stay tuned. Getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're back on the Imagine More Success radio show. Thank you so much for joining us. We are continuing our conversation today about why you should write a book so that you can become the I wrote the book on that or I wrote the book on this expert. (laughs) We've been having a great conversation today with Kim Ely, who's from Kiwi Publishing. And we want to talk a little bit in this segment about some more of the how to's, I guess. So a lot of times when we have conversations like this, when we're talking about doing something, especially something which can seem like an overwhelming task. And I want to share a quick story. There's this personal development conference uh, years ago, about five years ago, there were 77 people in the, in the group. And they asked how many people here would like to write a book. And I want to say every single person raised their hand. <laughs> then the then, they, then the next question, of course, was how many people have written a book? I think there were two people. <laughs> two people had written. So the desire is there, right? right. But so many people, um, like like we're saying, really don't know where to start. And that's where having instead of asking the question of how I'm going to do something, instead of asking the question of who is going to help me do this or who is going to facilitate this for me, I think really makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. What are some of the assets that are kind of hidden that that these new authors have that they're not really aware that they have? Ooh, that is such a good question. Um, I think sometimes people don't realize that they already have content they can use. Frequently, I will um, meet with new new book authors, but they have already had uh, a blog that they've written or online articles that they've written. And one way to get started is either to use the articles that you have and compile them into an anthology to share, or mm-hmm. if you already have um, a, a great topic, say in a blog, and 
you realize, wow, there's there's more there's more juice in this topic. Let's let's dive deeper. Frequently, you can use what you've already written as a great launch pad for your book. You know, that is such a good answer, Kim. I would like to expand on it if I could for the listeners to understand what they have. And my business coach is also intuitive as I am. And she and I was trying to get my first book written and she goes, no, Cindy, you're going to have a stack of books. And I said, what? (laughs) And I thought and I said, I said, I I don't know what I'd write about. (laughs) And so. (laughs) After our meeting, I started thinking about what I could write about, and I haven't stopped since. Excellent. So for all you authors out there that think that you don't have anything to say, you got to dig a little deeper. And I really think some of the people, and you can tell me what you think about this, Kim, Mm -hmm. is that they have a fear of what people will think when you've written it, and that you might feel like you failed in writing your book to attract uh, people who find what you have to say interesting. You are absolutely right, Cindy. I think fear holds many people back. I often have people who will share, well, I want to write about this, especially with personal development, because, you know, it's, it's personal topics. People will say, well, I'd like to write about this, but what will my family think? Or what will the, you know, so-and-so think? And, it, it does. It, it's definitely something that, that can be overcome. Um, to anybody who's thinking about writing and that is holding them back, I often will say, you can tell your authentic truth without revealing everything in the kitchen sink, meaning you can speak in your authentic voice and share your authentic experiences, get vulnerable, but you don't have to tell everybody every gory detail of that sense. <laughs> doesn't have well, to be TMI. Is what exactly. <laughs> well, and here's what I say. Who are those people? Their, oh. their opinion is not more important than your opinion, mm-hmm. no matter if they're family or otherwise. And unless, you know, it's going to cost you in big ways, it shouldn't be that important. I love that, Cindy. And yes, having the confidence to say, I have this message and I'm going to act on it by sharing it. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's a huge, a huge step. I think it's something we should be practicing every day. I think it just feels more daunting to some people when it's in the written form. And it's coming out of the author's closet. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> Because everybody has at least one book inside. I truly believe so. I truly believe so. So, Kim, you've talked a little bit about the strategic plan for books, like how you go about planning your book and, and how there there's a very specific process here. This is a process that's very well known that has some flexibility to it. But you really know how to get somebody from just the idea of a book to published and marketed book, right? That's that's something you've done multiple times. Yes. So to talk about some of the other uh, tools that you recommend, there, there's a tool you call write it, then read it out loud. Walk us through what that is. Oh, absolutely. When Whenever you write something, there's some real power in reading it out loud, even if you're that's not your intention for the book to, to, to be eventually become a presentation. 
something about hearing your writing out loud enables you to focus on it in a different way than you can when you're just silently reading to yourself. Um, It's one of the techniques I use when I work with many authors. I'll say, okay, um, you know, let's read this together. Read read this chapter for me. And it's amazing how many um, things that we catch, uh, intonations, um, you know, intentions, that that could be misconstrued and you wouldn't notice it until you actually hear it yourself. That is so interesting, Kim, because when I read my first book after I wrote it and I had the book and I started reading it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, did I write that? (laughs) (laughs) I've heard a lot of people say that. (laughs) I know. It's like, where did that come from? (laughs) I love that. And and it can sound like, wow, who said that? Dang, that was me, Um, which which is a really fun feeling. But it, it. I feel when we get into the creative flow and we really tap into, I I call it the authentic. When we, when we tap into our authentic voice, there's just something about that, that, that does sound sometimes after the fact, almost foreign to us. It's kind of cool the way creativity works. It's always really pretty magical to me. (laughs) It really is. Sure. So what do you do with the person who can't tap into their creativity and you're reading the first chapter or two and it's just like a, a big block that fell to the bottom of the ocean? What, what do you do for them? Oh, gosh. Well, well, I, I, I should disclose that before I work with anybody, I always read a sample of their writing. Um, so so I do have a little bit of insight. So I do make sure that 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 I feel like they they have something that they can say or that, that it resonates with me. Um, but yeah, if, if somebody is, is kind of hitting a, a brick wall or, 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 you know, kind of sinking fast, um, what we'll do is, is do a little bit of, of, um, I, I call it brain work. Um, one thing I love to do to help people sort of spur on their ideas is, and I wish I had a more elegant name for it, but I call it a brain dump. And basically what you do is, uh, take all the ideas that are floating around in your head. And sometimes we have to do a brain dump before the writing brain dump, meaning sometimes we have all this stuff in our heads like, I need to pick up the dry cleaning and holy cow, Susie's birthday's next week. You know, sometimes we just have to do a brain dump to get all the mundane things out of our heads and then do a writing brain dump where you think about, again, I'm going to pick on beekeeping. You know, what is it about beekeeping that I really want to share? Well, you know, it's about the environment or it's about flowers. It's about food, you know, just just sort of all the different ideas in your head that are related to the topic that you want to write. And then which ones really resonate with you? I often encourage my writers to take a little break, take a walk around the block and come back and go, okay, circle the ones that really resonate with you and then pursue those. Okay, Kim. So I have a a verbiage for you for that. Okay. You ready? Yes. Brain triage. (gasps) Brain triage. Cindy, you're brilliant. I love it. (laughs) So much more elegant. I love it. So for the person that uh, maybe is at that point where, where they feel like 
they, there, there are too many kind of mundane tasks. Is there a certain time of day that you recommend that people uh, write or, or how they go about carving out the time to write? What are some of the ways that you recommend that? Oh, that's a fantastic question. And I often will hear from people, oh, make sure that you write first thing in the morning. Um, and for some people, that is the right time of day. One thing I do when I work with my clients is to figure out what timing works best for them. Um, for some people, it is first thing in the morning before, you know, anybody else in the house is awake. Um, for some people, it's lunchtime. You know, they might be able to just sort of step away for a minute and, uh, you know, and, and for a half hour or whatever for their lunch break and write. Um, for some people, it's in the evening. It depends on your schedule. I had a wonderful woman um, with whom I worked. And, oh, my gosh, this lady travels, gosh, I, I want to say close to 300 days a year. Wow. Um, that made it a challenge. But what we would do, and I don't do this for all my clients, but for her, we would have, like, a special, you know, devoted day to writing. We had fun. And she was a good cook, too, by the way. So she would have <laughs> me over, and she would fix a big spread. We would eat. We would talk. We would knock out a bunch of chapters and that worked for her. Um, so I always try to make it specific to, to each client. And don't forget the deadline writers. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm going to tell y'all a secret. I'm glad you brought that up, Cindy. Um, one thing I do for, and I picked up this trick when I was a, a, a IT project manager, is sometimes I'll have a, 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 a fake deadline, <laughs> depending on the client. Brilliant. Because I just know they're going to procrastinate. And so I'm like, okay, this is due July 1st. And then they're freaking out on, you know, <laughs> June 30th. And I'm like, guess what? We have 30 more days. But then their feet are held to the fire for sure. Mm -hmm. I worked like that for years in corporate America. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> had to. Had to. You don't right. tell the CEO or president that the work's not done yet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Kim, you had another thing that was, that's one of your tools that you utilize called the empowerment card. Could you tell us what that is? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I find so frequently when people are ready to start that what they have is, is a lack of confidence. And uh, so many people will tell me, well, Kim, I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer. So I invented the empowerment card to conquer this bad self-declaration. So what I do is I have everybody take out an index card at the top of the card. I have them write, I am a writer. At the bottom, I have them write, my words have power. On one side of the card, I have them write the name of the project or the book that they're working on. And on the other side, I have them write the emotional state that they're going to feel when they have completed that project. Oh, that's beautiful. And that sounds like your language, Thomas. Right. <laughs> and I make everybody say an oath. And I have them uh, take the oath to say, I am a writer. My words have power. And then I have them put it somewhere where they can always see it when they need that little kick in the pants. Oh, Kim, I love that. <laughs> We're going to continue the conversation with Kim Ely when we come back. And if you are ready to jumpstart your business, 
make more money, find more clients, reach out to the people that need to be a part of your business and who need your services and products, you're definitely going to want to write a book. So do stick around. When we come back in the next segment, we're going to get a fantastic free gift from Kim Ely to help you become the author you want to be. So please stay tuned. Thanks for sticking around with the Imagine More Success radio show because we've got a wonderful free gift for you in this segment from Kim Ely, who is the owner and founder of KWE Publishing, Kiwi Publishing at kwepub.com. She specializes in personal development books and thoughtful children's books. And that's something we're going to be talking about a little bit in this segment as well. Um, Cindy, we've been talking to you about the numerous books that you've written. And, uh, you know, I always laugh when you tell the story about your first book being written in a week because it seems almost fantastical. And that at the same time, I know your level of productivity and focus. And, uh, I, you know, I'd almost be surprised if your first book wasn't written in a week. Uh, <laughs> but this is, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I think once you get started, things start to accelerate. Is that true, Kim? Is that what you found? I think so too. Yes. It when, once you kind of find your, uh, I, I guess I'll call it sea legs, then then yes, it gets much easier. Mm. I uh, heard an interview years ago with, uh, I think it was Tim Ferriss and someone else, and he was talking about uh, his writing style, and he said that he would write whatever kind of came to mind, and then focus on kind of putting it in the right place later. He always went with what was in flow. He talked about kind of keeping a nice writing flow. Um, is, is that a way that, that some people write? Is, is that more common than not? I think so. Um, I, I think once you get in that creative flow, it's important to keep keep it rolling. Um, and, and yes, absolutely. It, it I think that goes along with with having a, a really good editor. Sometimes you've got all the I'm going to call it pieces parts uh, out in front of you, um, you know, your 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 topics. And it's just a matter of rearranging them uh, frequently. When I work with clients, what we'll do is take all their own writing and we'll just rearrange some paragraphs and sentences so that it it flows better. Mm -hmm. One thing I want to speak to also is kind of we talked a little bit about that transformation that people experience once they've actually written the book. But the the feeling of accomplishment that someone has after they take on what seemed like such an insurmountable uh, task to begin with is incredible. Uh, what sort of what sort of dynamic changes do you see in your authors once they've gone through this entire process? Oh, gosh. One of my favorite things to see is how much more in tune they are with their own message. I frequently will work with clients. I worked with a coach recently and, and we went through her work and I asked a lot of, you know, blunt questions. I'm like, well, what does this mean? And how are, 
how are you explaining this exactly? And, and I don't understand. Can you <laughs> rephrase this? And she said she gained such a huge amount of insight on her own work and become, became even more clear and focused as a result of working on her book. You know, Kim, that is such a good point because so many of us think because we understand something intricately that everybody else does too, and that is so not true. And when people <laughs> when people write, it's, you know, sometimes we think that, oh, that's too much information and nobody wants the basics, but that's really not true. People want the basics. They want to know exactly how something is. Exactly. Exactly. I find it interesting, too, because sometimes we don't recognize that we're speaking to a global audience mm -hmm. and what seems, quote unquote, normal to me as an American might be completely foreign if I'm from a different country or a different culture. That is so true. In fact, I was working with a woman who wrote a chapter in one of my compilation books and she totally left out the whole chapter on her country oh. and the differences. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be the most important part of the whole book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It was. It was the absolute most interesting part of the book. But, you know, when you don't see it for yourself because it's right in front of you, then it takes another person, which is why it's great to have an editor or a, or a book coach to help you see what's most important. Mm, most, definitely. most definitely. And you and you do that so well. So you. there you have it. So, Kim, what else is possible for people once they get their book out there and then they start um, they've gone through a launch and and. Uh, people are, are buying their book and reading it and connecting with it. What kind of, ha what, what usually happens then? Oh gosh. Um, there's a number of things. Um, it's been fun to see a number of my clients connect with, uh, people in book clubs to, um, you know, further introduce their book, um, including networking book clubs. I've seen ne several networking book clubs, which, um, exposes you to other people in similar businesses. Um, I've also, um, seeing people to continue well well of course do you know speaking presentations and things like that but even have like webinars or trainings that are based on their books it's it's wonderful to be able to repurpose that content and share it in different ways i think all of us learn in different ways and that's another reason why i i really love audiobooks and also webinars that are based on books because some of us are visual or audible audio listeners. Auditory, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Sure, absolutely. So I, I think I think that that's helpful too. Um, I've worked with a wonderful lady who's helped uh, create audiobooks of a couple of my clients' um, works, and and that's just reaching a whole new audience. It's great. Kim, something else that you offer um, that. Maybe I don't know if they're they're possible right now, but something that I think sounds incredible. I've actually never done, but we'll probably be doing one very soon. <laughs> Cindy uh, is yes. a writing writing retreat. So yes. Let's talk about that. Oh my goodness! So I love a great writing retreat, especially with beginner writers who are, as as we talked about before, and you had mentioned, Cindy, have that fear of of writing, or they they don't they don't feel confident. Getting together 
um, having a long weekend, um, uh, kind of an intimate setting. Everybody's beginner writers. Everybody's kind of feeling like they're at the same point and having, um, you know, focused workshops to enable them to, you know, uh, work on the areas that, that they're concerned about, you know, oh my goodness, I have this outline, but how do I go from the outline to doing the book? Um, you know, different specific topics. And what I like to do in the retreats is mix in some one-on-one meeting time along with group meetings and also the workshops. Um, it, you know, it, there's nothing like having a community of writers get together because especially if you're in the beginning stages, gosh, it's really nice to have somebody to commiserate with and go, you know what, I'm just feeling stuck. And they're like, me too. You know, and they'll be like, oh, well, share with me. You know, you get this great, you know, uh, uh, melding of minds and, and, and support it. It's, I've seen some amazing stuff happen. And collective fear. (laughs) And I think another great thing too, is the, the idea of having a retreat for so many people having a little getaway right now would be just absolutely incredible. And then to do to do it in such a way that for for some people that are complete workaholics, having a retreat while simultaneously getting a book done sounds fantastic, right? It's uh, <laughs> sounds like you're being very productive while also having a great time. Most definitely. And you know, there is something about changing your environment. Don't we know from? the year of COVID, um, that, that, you know, <laughs> that, that, that we missed out on for a long time, having that change of environment can spur on a lot of creativity because you are seeing things in a new way when you're in a new environment. Cool. Kim, what about children's books? I know that there's so much, uh, desire from so many people to write a children's book. Tell us a little bit about what's the magic of writing a children's book. Oh gosh, the magic. I, I absolutely love collaborating with children's book authors. Um, specifically, I've been working with children's authors, uh, children's book authors who have an, a topic or, or theme or idea they want to uh, share about. Um, food allergies, um, late onset hearing loss, um, uh, you know, some topics like that. And the fun part about it is Writing children's books, and I think many people don't realize this, is actually more challenging sometimes than writing a longer format because you have to be very specific. You are using generally fewer words and more illustrations. You get to be a lot more specific about the word choices that you're using. And you really have to put yourself in the mind of, you know, if, if your ideal reader is indeed a child, you know, what is, what is, what is going to spark their curiosity? So I think it's so magical because you get to think like a child again. Yeah. For some of us, that's not much of a stretch, you know, which is great. Uh, Kim, you have a really great, wonderful free gift for the listeners today. Please take a moment and share it with them, please. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I love to offer um, to y'all an hour of free coaching. Um, if you would like to reach out to me on um, kwepub.com and uh, schedule some time with me, I would be glad to spend an hour um, listening to your book idea, talking about what you're interested in doing and answering any questions that you have. What a fantastic that's offer, Kim. Fantastic. And that's really incredible. Thank you. I'm yeah. excited. I love talking with authors. And, and so- 
<laughs> and how many of those gifts do you have to give away, Kim? Oh, I have five. Okay, great. Fantastic. So they, they'll go to kwepub.com, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Perfect. Fantastic. And uh, so you know, what's your Kim favorite... What's your favorite book that you've published besides your own? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Um, Don't put her on the spot like that, Cindy. I know. Hey, <laughs> she thinks on her feet. You know what? I'm going to say the first book because I was able to fulfill a dream, and, and sadly, she's no longer with us. Shirley T. Burke was my very first client, and she took a chance on me. She was a life coach, and she touched so many people's lives. And I was able to to fulfill that legacy for her before she left us. What a great choice. Thank you. That's really powerful. And, you know, that's something I never really uh, thought about when we're talking about book publishing. But, yeah, as a part of leaving a legacy for um, for yourself and as a gift to other people, um, I know that I've read plenty of books from people who have passed on that made tremendous impact in my life. And what an amazing gift to give to the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Kim, if you were to give one piece of advice or one challenge to the listener today, what would it be? It would be do it. Don't wait. Don't say someday I'm going to write a book. No, uh, -uh. It's, your day is now. If you're looking for a sign, this is your sign. Do it. Write your book. <laughs> Beautiful. I think that's a wonderful challenge. Uh, today is the day. So we want to thank you so much for joining us, Kim. Uh, it was a pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much. Thank to you. Learn, I enjoyed it. Of course. To, to know more about Kim Ely and to take advantage of her amazing free gift, go to kwepubkiwipub.com so that you can reach out to her for a free hour of coaching. And if you'd like to listen to some past episodes of the Imagine More Success radio show, where you can get an amazing weekly gift from each and every episode, just go to imaginemoresuccess.net and you can connect with experts in so many different topics that will assist you with your business. We want to thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take that first big step and start your book and create your pathway to deep connection with potential clients as well as with the people that are most important to you, as well as create a legacy for yourself. So start today, start with your book. We also want to encourage you to go to findhiddenmoney.com if you want to learn more about how Cindy and I can help you in your business to grow your business, to find uh, new revenue streams for you and to help grow your business, go to findhiddenmoney.com. And we want to thank you so very much for sticking with us and uh, always being supportive listeners. And we always want to remind you of one very important thing, and that is to realize your dreams and to imagine more success. Mm -hmm.